Bellini lets a laser go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a one and nothing lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Cambellini. Well, it's a little after 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And boy, is it hot out there. I was looking at these uh, average Ann Arbor normal temperatures just over the past couple of days, and to read these numbers is staggering. I'll just go into some of the just the last seven days. Ten degrees above normal, about normal. 5 degrees above normal, 10 degrees above normal, 13 degrees above normal, 14 degrees above normal, 20 degrees above normal. Wow. Today's obviously another 20 degree above normal kind of day. So, uh, yeah, there's no evidence of global warming. We just need more studies. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly don't remember a warmer October in my 44 years. Or September. September was scorching in Ann Arbor as well. So it's... uh, frightening event and there's been all sorts of uh, international stories about you know the arctic sea is soon to be a a, a summer uh, passage uh, through uh, the northern the north pole etc um all sorts of evidence of uh, global warming and no actual scientific evidence to counteract that uh just a quick brain damage award we'll, we'll give out more brain damage awards as needed, but uh, George Steinbrenner, I think, deserves a, a brain damage award uh, to give Joe Torre an ultimatum based on one baseball game <laughs> or one series strikes me as uh, astonishing, uh, given the fact that uh, the guys won four World Series over the last uh, 15 years or whatever. Uh, obviously, they haven't won in a while, but uh, frankly, the Yankees are are overpaid, and uh, George Steinbrenner is responsible for that. I think one of the great sports stories of the year, if it materializes, is Cleveland with a payroll of around $70 million, possibly beating the Yankees, who have a payroll of $216 million. Steinbrenner has spent something like $1.6 billion over the past uh, 20 years. Wow. Uh, to win baseball championships. And the Yankees, of course, go out and buy players as needed. And uh, they don't always uh, pan out. Uh, If Cleveland doesn't win this series, they only have their management themselves to blame. I don't know why Cliff Lee is not starting a game in Yankee Stadium. But it's quite obvious the Yankees cannot hit pitchers that throw uh, in the mid-90s or even above 93. Uh, They are an old team that hits slider uh, speed pitching, uh, which is why uh, they probably might well win tonight if Paul Bird is indeed the pitcher for the Indians. But George Steinbrenner is a bad loser. He symbolizes everything that's wrong with America. He thinks he's entitled to win because he's rich. Uh, Let's also remember that this is a guy that was pardoned by Ronald Reagan for uh, illegal campaign contributions. Oh, that's right. Given to Richard Nixon. So this guy is uh, 
A class act. Class act, a bad sport, and uh, I think will always be remembered really as a loser rather than a winner. Uh, even the teams that he's won with have just simply, it's just been payroll. And that's one of the tragedies of baseball. Well, indeed. But at least he doesn't torture. Yeah, I suppose that's a good thing. Um, although, who knows what happens after those teams lose. Uh, yeah, sure. Speaking of torture, um, if Bush is going to continue to defend these harsh interrogation uh, tactics, there may need to be some sort of demonstration of, first of all, their efficacy, secondly, their uh, humaneness or their reasonableness as uh, methods of interrogation. Over the weekend, interesting article in the Washington Post in which a number of World War II veterans uh, came forward finally recently and uh, made some comments about the interrogation tactics as they experienced them uh, interrogating Nazi prisoners of war mm -hmm. back during the good war. And um, they said that they find the uh, current range of uh, interrogation tactics to be offensive and counterproductive and possibly criminal, all of which is fairly accurate. Um, but interesting comments that they made to the effect that they got a lot more uh, response from uh, subjects of interrogation and a lot more useful information um, with carrots rather than sticks. And that, for example, once a guy's been in solitary confinement for a couple of weeks, a friendly game of chess, you know, a game of ping pong or cards or something, and people realize, okay, they've got me in a box. Um, I haven't any way to contact loved ones or friends back home. I'm completely disassociated from my former comrades. I may as well talk. And indeed, lots of information came out of these friendly interrogation tactics. Yeah, and there's even, you know, the Manchurian candidate style. <laughs> Why don't you enjoy a game of solitaire? Why don't you enjoy a game of solitaire and, and enjoy the, uh, what was it, the auxiliary women's gardening club? Oh, right, right. Classic stuff uh, in one of those great movies that's ironically based on CIA, yeah, actual CIA brainwashing well, but concepts developed during the 1950s. When you consider the way in which it's been observed uh, recently, I think it was Paul Krugman quoting a uh, book that came out some years back called The Bush Dyslexicon, noting that Bush... When he speaks about punishment, he speaks grammatically, he speaks syntactically correct. Um, but when he tries to appear compassionate, that's when he says things like putting food on your children and, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. So it's very easy for Bush to wield the stick. It's it's what he knows. Um, yeah, he's a he's a cowboy. You know, he's tough. We'll smoke them out of their holes. <laughs> that's the most memorable line, I think, of his presidency. But the facts just simply don't support Mr. Bush's assertions. Um, he's in denial. Uh, first of all, Abu Ghraib is just ipso facto uh, torture. Right. Uh, well, even to have used the facility, notorious yeah, mm -hmm. to begin with, exactly. for Saddam's reign of terror, um, which, of course, you know, we funded most of, and uh, to even use the same facility was bad karma, uh, to say the very least. Yeah. Never mind the fact that we're occupying... Saddam Hussein's palaces as part of the green zone in our embassy of uh, ultimate uh, occupation, the long war, as they say. 
Uh, there have been repeated uh, confirmed stories about the torture. Uh, for instance, I mean, I just delved into one of my old clippings, and this is related to the British, who, uh, interestingly today, Gordon Brown announced that the British are cutting their troops right. uh, in half by uh, this upcoming spring. Uh, as the saying goes, they're declaring victory and preparing to leave. Uh, that will apparently leave them with a force of about 2,500. And they've already, by the way, turned over uh, much of the Basra area to uh, local authorities. But in an article um, dated uh, the 31st of December, 1905, by Alan Cowell in the New York Times, Craig Murray, former British ambassador to Uzbekistan, has published documents on the Internet that he says prove that the British knowingly received information obtained through torture. Now, this is the British, but listen to the story. Mr. Murray, who was forced to quit the Foreign Office last year after publicly condemning the Uzbek authorities, criticized the British and American governments in reports from Uzbekistan that he posted on the site www.craigmurray.org.uk. It's probably a website you can check out at any time. On the site is a diplomatic cable. Mr. Murray says he wrote, dated July 2004, it states that British uh, received quote, intelligence obtained under torture from Uzbek intelligence services via the U.S. We should stop, the document goes on to say. It's bad information. Tortured dupes are forced to sign up to confessions showing what the Uzbek government wants the U.S. and U.K. to believe, that they and we are fighting the same war against terror, quote, unquote. And Uzbekistan, of course, has been used as one of these so-called rendition facilities. There are Eastern European countries involved in this. They're connected to the Star Wars program uh, that Bush is pursuing, the so-called missile defense system that he wants to pursue, claiming that Iran will attack Europe with missiles, which is really a fantasy, a fantasy threat. I mean, Iran's got all kinds of uh, other mischief uh, in there they would prefer to do business with europe yeah which of course they do and they need to yeah. i mean they they rely on um oil revenue to fund their government and they have been a big beneficiary of the iraq invasion because the price of oil has mm -hmm. uh nearly tripled um depending on <laughs> what day of the week is some some sometimes it doesn't it, it has indeed tripled um, there's ex been extensive documentation of America's involvement in torture, much um, to our shame and much to the discredit of the Bush administration. Bush, of course, defends, quote, t these tactics because they're going to attack us again. Yeah, he says here, quote, um, by the way, we have gotten information from these high value detainees that have helped protect you. I'm not sure how high value guys that have been in captivity since 2001 are. Well, in fact, I think Guantanamo, the facts are there's something like 14 out of 550 prisoners 
Um, there was a Harper's Index uh, item just a couple of months ago that showed that in Iraq's, uh, one of Iraq's uh, so-called prisons, uh, that one out of 195 prisoners are actually foreign-born. So these high detainees are also a bit of a myth. It's also well known that some of the uh, information that was garnered uh, by waterboarding and, quote, torture uh, ended up um, as bogus information uh, as part of the 9-11 report regarding uh, the involvement of Osama bin Laden. Uh, there's been some other uh, there's been some other information out that indicates Bin Laden's involvement, but it's been reported repeatedly by experts that people will say anything to stop the torture. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Bush is just trying to talk out of both sides of his mouth. And as for the threats that Mr. Bush keeps bringing up, the repeated minister of fear that he is. It's quite clear from uh, the events of this weekend that the average American has more to fear from guns. Um, As you've said before. You know, we have another crazy incident in Wisconsin, mass shooting, love life uh, in shambles at the age of 20. <laughs> I think I'll go out and kill eight people to make up for it or whatever. And and global warming, the right. Chicago Marathon. You yeah. know, we have people dying. Of course, I don't know why anybody's running, you know, I mean, for the layperson, it's just not advisable to be trying to run a marathon in that heat and humidity. Right, right. Uh, back out of the event. Save your life. <laughs> You're not a, probably not a professional runner that can handle that sort of heat and humidity. Um, the, you know, the, the average perception of threats in America is just so out of whack with the facts. If, if Bush is going to continue to defend these tactics, quote-unquote, I'd like to see a demonstration. Yeah. You know, I've seen waterboarding because I've watched the film Battle of Algiers, which people uh, should check out if they haven't seen it. There are some pretty brutal uh, sequences in that film that are, you know, based on the reality of military occupation. But uh, how would Dick Cheney hold up to waterboarding? You know, maybe Alberto Gonzalez has a lot of free time on his hands now. Maybe he could demonstrate the safety and the... Uh, or Bush himself. Yeah. It's uh, it's not going to win America any friends or any information of serious value. So it's, it's just a, a, a form of sickness, really, to convince yourself that torture is in any way, shape, or form a productive enterprise. Um, as predicted... I guaranteed that the jobs uh, report would be revised upward for the <laughs> month of August, and indeed they were. Uh, I maintained that the Department of Labor in August gave a ridiculous jobs number to encourage the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates. They had, by the way, before the job, around the time of the jobs report, had cut the discount rate, which is a rate that banks charge to one another overnight. It's basically sort of a check-kiting scheme in which banks that are vulnerable um, are able to borrow money from their friends around the corner at very uh, lucrative rates, <laughs> uh, keep, the, keep the economy floating, and uh, sure enough, the information is in. Uh, the unemployment report says that 110,000 jobs were added in September and roughly 90,000 in both July and August uh, in revising 
the numbers. Um, Floyd Norris, as usual, has a fairly good analysis of what's really going on uh, in Saturday's uh, business section of the New York Times regarding the unemployment numbers. I'll just quote a couple of brief paragraphs from his uh, analysis because I think they're relevant regarding the uh, revised jobs numbers uh, that conveniently come out now. Um, There's also a nice little graph showing these uh, (laughs) revisions and, you know, changes, and I think some of the timing is quite interesting. But uh, Norris writes, uh, the government said, you know, based on the uh, Labor Department uh, numbers, that it overestimated growth by 297 jobs numbers by 297,000 jobs in 2006 and early 2007 probably uh, a convenient overstatement by the government in 2006 incidentally uh, to enhance the Republicans chances of retaining Congress due to the fact that at the time the Iraq war was the number one issue and Bush of course was talking up the economy mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and uh, the report led Mr. Bush yesterday, and he's, this is dated uh, the 6th of, uh, of um, October, to pronounce the economy, quote, vibrant and strong, unquote, and to renew his request to make his tax cuts permanent. <laughs> this is uh, with a war that's just cost $600 billion and counting. Uh, doesn't want to pay for that, uh, and apparently, you know, has to veto a child health care right. um, bill on the grounds that it's too expensive, $35 billion. There is a difference between the numbers. Perhaps a torture session with Mr. Bush <laughs> will get him to abandon fuzzy math. <laughs> I doubt it. Even with the jobs revision growth over the last six months, job growth has averaged 112000 a month a figure that is the lowest for any in the six months since early 2004. Um, one economist, R- Robert uh, Barbera, the chief economist at ITG, said, quote, there's an unmistakable deterioration in the jobs numbers over the last three months. And, of course, uh, contrary to Mr. Bush's assertions that the economy is strong and vibrant, his words, <laughs> There's obviously lots of problems. He must have been looking at a shiny object when he said that. Yeah, and it's interesting because, as usual, you know, you you check out, you know, it's always fascinating to see what the corporate media is is reporting on actual inflation numbers. And you look at the data over the past uh, decade uh, where it shows gasoline prices, cost of college tuition, medical care, and... uh, rent equivalent uh, money and it, of course these numbers show huge divergence uh, uh, divergences from the reported rate of inflation so inflation numbers are repeatedly understated by the uh, government and jobs numbers are repeatedly overstated except of course when it's convenient to understate them yeah. to get the uh, federal reserve to cut interest rates fascinating stuff but we predicted it <laughs> All part of the shell game uh, that is the Bush administration's attempt to depict reality. Um, I guess I'll give uh, Thomas Friedman a brain damage award for uh, realizing too late that uh, 
a 9-11 obsessed nation isn't particularly a good thing. In a column that appeared in Friday's uh, Ann Arbor News, uh, he begins by quoting extensively from an article in the satirical newspaper The Onion, great source for uh, some cutting-edge satire. And uh, he says here, Thomas Friedman realizing... 9-11 has made us stupid. I honor and weep for all those murdered on that day, but our reaction to 9-11, mine included, has knocked America completely out of balance, and it is time to get things right again. Dude, it's six years later. Six years later. Uh-huh. This is a little late to realize that um, you've been hoodwinked. Of course it was a tragedy. Of course we were all stunned, startled and uh, even momentarily frightened, perhaps, some of us. But uh, it did not change everything. It was exploited uh, egregiously by the Bush administration. And uh, for Thomas Friedman to uh, come to his senses, I suppose, is a good thing. But uh, he's come a little late to his senses. And uh, on the subject of those favorite numbers of Bush. Uh, a Kind of a bizarre little non-story here about uh, Barack Obama and his lapel pin. Mm, this yes. is a uh, kind of a non-story. Um, it's you know, not quite as interesting for the media as uh, the status of Britney Spears' children, perhaps. But uh, there is a little bit more uh, at play in this story than I think is generally acknowledged. Uh, I guess it was noticed that he wasn't wearing the little American flag lapel pin. And uh, interestingly, his aides were concerned that his frank off-the-cuff remarks that he stopped wearing it shortly after the September 11 attacks. Um, The aides were concerned, ooh, it might make him look unpatriotic. That's how cosmetic and superficial political campaigning is in this country. Sure. When the advisors to... Of a leading contender, a contender from the Democratic Party with a with a fairly uh, you know respectable following, uh, is actually concerned about such a superficial uh, non-issue. But what struck me in his comments was the following uh, statement that he observed that the symbol has become an empty substitute for true patriotism. Well, if you look back at the photos, Nixon was really big on the American flag lapel pin, too. And I'd maintain that the American flag lapel pin has always been an empty substitute for true patriotism. Uh, What's the famous statement that patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel? Um, Anybody Samuel Johnson, yes. Samuel Johnson, yeah, and that goes way back. Anybody who feels compelled to advertise their position of hardcore patriotism it's all about it's a puppet show it's window dressing it it has nothing to do with their actual stance of course america is is such a uh malleable concept that of course we all probably have our own mental concepts of what is america but um to think that you can pin some sort of jewelry on your shirt and it will redeem your bizarre or even criminal views is fairly pathetic so i guess it's a good thing that obama has has said these comments but it's surprising that so many people have fallen into the 
costume. I wonder how many of these politicians wake up every day and get ready to leave uh, the house to, to go into work for the day. Ooh, forgot my lapel pin. I don't want to be seen without it. Right, and there are, of course, a lot of these lapel symbols. There's the, the AIDS um, ribbon. There's the breast cancer. Breast cancer ribbon. Ribbon. Right. And something that's temporary, <clears throat> like the breast cancer ribbon that's you know brings focus either on a particular weekend or a month. I think this is the month. That's fine. Right. That shows something. But when it becomes a sort of permanent thing, like the yellow ribbon symbol. Oh, God. Uh, there's nothing more p ridiculous than seeing an SUV being driven by some um, white trash person from suburbia uh, that says support the troops. Um, it's meaningless. No, I want you to get down on your hands and knees and pay up what you owe for the Iraq war. That'll show some support for the troops. How about your share, you work, uh, presumably, uh, though you never know these days. <laughs> uh, apparently one out of nine uh, people in the state of Michigan are receiving government payments of some sort uh, due to the troubling uh, manufacturing economy. In our robust and vibrant economy? The wrong, yeah, the strong and vibrant economy that we're enjoying here in the state of Michigan that Mr. Bush is so proud of. Um, those permanent symbols are, are, you know, really annoying. You know, the hostages, the yellow ribbon. Oh, the MIA flag. Yeah, the MIA. complete fraud. We've, we've had these things yeah. for way too long in our country. It might be refreshing if somebody actually had sort of a constitution dangling from their lapel. <laughs> um, you know, Robert Byrd, senator from Virginia, who's, a, you know, an old-fashioned foghorn, leghorn kind of racist kind of guy. Yeah. I think he used to be in the Ku Klux Klan. Back in the day. Back in the day. But what is he, 92 or something? Yeah. Uh, we'll cut him a little slack. He's, cut, he's come around the corner on that one. I'll, we'll cut him a little slack, you know. We'll we'll just say he was wrong and lived in the wrong part of the country, but at least he's got some respect and reverence for the Constitution. He was the one, along with Ted Kennedy, that raised the most fuss uh, during the congressional debate in 2002 in October regarding handing this power over to Mr. Bush, the authority to just commence a war. I would argue, by the way, that that resolution did not give Mr. Bush the authority, if you read it carefully. Um, <clears throat> ironically, Saddam Hussein complied uh, with allowing the weapons inspectors back into Iraq. Yeah. And it was Mr. Bush who unilaterally started the war when he gave the ultimatum on St. Patrick's Day of 2003 that Saddam Hussein had 48 hours to leave Iraq knowing full well that this would not happen. Uh, you're right. I mean, the lapel pin, that it's even a question of debates. I, the, the, the presidential campaign so far has just been so superficial totally. I mean, yeah. I've, I've caught a couple of uh, chunks of debates here and there. Um, I actually watched uh, a good chunk of the Republican debate a couple of weeks ago, um, the one where there were four top contenders absent because it was the African-American debate at Morgan State, gave Mike Huckabee a nice little boost in the polls, it Indeed. seems. And maybe Mike Huckabee is the dark horse uh, in the race for the Republican Party because uh, 
Fred Thompson is going nowhere. John McCain is in reverse. Rudy Giuliani seems like he's got all kinds of <laughs> baggage problems. Indeed. Um, family values problems, baggage problems with the Christian right. I, I, there was this yeah. story out a couple weeks ago about how the Tony Perkins and Dobson, the fa focus on the right. family, are going to start a third party if Giuliani is the nominee because I can't accept any candidate that, what was the famous, I'm paraphrasing here, that will not respect the sanctity of human life. And I thought to myself, yeah, where is your respect for the sanctity of human life in the Iraq war where there are thousands of people being killed right. annually? Uh, they're a one-horse pony. Abortion is their main obsession. And uh, they don't seem to have problems with the real issues in America today. This erosion of constitutional law, secrecy, torture, uh, gulags scattered around uh, America's war on terror in Afghanistan, in Cuba, in Iraq. Uh, and our military dictator allies. Yeah, and <laughs> did quite well over the weekend for himself. Uh, did quite well, and apparently he's relying on the Supreme Court <laughs> to retain his power. <laughs> Indeed, this begins to sound uh, somewhat familiar. Bush can probably type up a little snappy email to him, telling him, hang in there, you'll win by a five to four vote. That's right. Good luck, and sleep tight. And... But, of course, what this is going to do in the long run, should the Supreme Court come to the conclusion that Musharraf's candidacy, I mean, it's bizarre because it's his viability as a candidacy is what's, uh, uh, as a candidate, is uh, what's under question. Um, should the Supreme Court determine that uh, he is not eligible, um, who knows what could happen? It seems quite likely that they'll uh, find themselves in a position that they have no choice but to go along with it, which raises the next question of what will the people of Pakistan uh, then do? Um, of course, the reason Musharraf is so heavily favored by the Bush administration is because he's, quote unquote, part of the team, the bulwark against uh, terrorism and so forth. But, of course, the friendly relationships that the Taliban enjoyed with Musharraf's regime in the early years conveniently forgotten and so who knows what's really going on in pakistan and, and that is one of the major countries to watch it sure is um interesting item about television watching i'll read this uh this is from the 25th of september there's a new wrinkle in the long simmering debate about the influence of television on the development of attention problems in children, a long-term study of 1,037 children published in the current issue of Pedi Pediatrics found that those who watched more television when they were 5 and 7 were more likely to show signs of difficulty in paying attention at ages 13 and uh, 15, according to New Zealand scientists, even after factoring in gender cognitive ability, socioeconomic status, and TV viewing in adolescence. Researchers found that those who watched more than three hours per day 
between the ages of 5 and 11 had more symptoms of attention problems as teenagers than those that watched two hours or less. Interesting. And, uh, again, parental involvement is the key. Play a game with your kids. Read a book. Read a book. Uh, Go for a walk. We've got a little extra time here uh, as we 